Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with only Amy. Only Amy Oztan. That could be your new name. <laughs> only Amy Oztan. I'm not changing my of blog Amy name again. Ever after. And we have joining us via Skype, Andrea Smith, technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. You're stranded in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Darn trains. Those derailments, you know, they get me every time. Yep. Definitely mess things up, but we're glad you're still able to join us. Um, This week we are tackling, I guess, something that's been going around for a while, but there was a new article in Wired because there's a new book. So we're tackling why all of the tech entrepreneurs and CEOs and gurus don't give their kids any tech time (laughs) and why the rest of us do. So we're going to talk about that and then we'll have our bites of the week. So let's jump right in. There was an article in Wired last week called Tech Bigwigs Know How Addictive Their Products Are, Why Don't the Rest of Us? And it's is it an excerpt or it's like adapted from this new book called Amy has the full title it's Irresistible oh, read it's it out <laughs> Irresistible The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked by Adam Alter, Alter. Adam Alter that's that's not a terrifying title no um, and it's such a good article and it's one of those things I read and then I think this will change nothing <laughs> but let's let's dive into this and So for those of you who remember, um, and I do remember this, in late 2010, Steve Jobs told uh, New York Times journalist Nick Bilton that his children had never used an iPad. And what's so funny about this, this is seven years ago. And and the kids were 37 at the time. Right. No. How old were his kids at the time? Do you know? (laughs) Teens, I think. They were young, like preteen and teen. Wow. I figured they were like two, you know? Okay, whatever. No, I think they were teens. But he... um, what, what I think was so interesting was when he said that was at the same time that I was having arguments with people who were like, my two-year-old's so brilliant. You should see my two-year-old on the iPad. <laughs> and I would say, no, Apple's so brilliant because they made a device that your two-year-old could use. Yeah. And they were like, no, really? They, like, everyone thought it was the funniest thing ever, that their kids were walking up to their TVs and swiping the TV, because then their kids thought every, or a magazine. Although, yeah, I love the videos of them. I'm, we're going to have to post one of those, because yeah. they still make me laugh, where the kids would try to pinch and zoom a magazine or an actual <laughs> book and didn't understand why it was broken. Right. So while we were all enamored at how fabulous all this was and all these classrooms all of a sudden all needing iPads and we you saw this huge technology push push Steve Jobs who invented the <laughs> iPad was like I don't want my kids anywhere near it and he said we limit how much technology our kids use in the home so then Nick Bilton went on sort of a invest an investigation into all these other tech giants and found that Chris Anderson the former editor of Wired enforced strict time limits on device in his home because they've seen the dangers of technology firsthand his five children were never allowed to use screens in their bedrooms Evan Williams the founder of Blogger Twitter and Medium brought hundreds of books for his two sons and refused to give them an iPad and Leslie Gold, the founder of an analytics company, imposed a strict no screen time during the week on her kids, too. Now, some of those aren't too extreme. Like, not letting letting your kids use screens in their bedrooms, that's good that's advice. That's we still recommend. Yeah, that's something that I, w- I used to be fiercely 
strict about and then slid over the years. I know. What I love is this one, which I think is so interesting, where he said, video game designers told me they avoided the notoriously addictive game World of Warcraft. Yeah, that was fascinating. Because they know how addictive it is. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, and then he goes on to what's happened. So think about this. This was 2010 when Steve Jobs said that. The iPad was relatively new. It was seven years ago. It had only been out maybe a year or two at that point. Um, And the iPhone had been out probably, when did the iPhone come out? 2006, 2007? Seven, I think. Yeah, so the iPhone had only been out a few years. Think about where we are now. iPhones become kids, or an Android phone, are kids' first phones, Mm -hmm. right? A dumb phone doesn't even usually factor into it. And what he talks about here, Netflix. So we're streaming everything on demand, and it automatically plays the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other things he said about that? Where like things are Tinder, which none of us have ever used, but <laughs> it does encourage users but to keep swiping. Swiping, exactly. Um, and so what they were talking about is how, while the tech experts are concerned, part of why they are concerned is because they know that they are building this addictive quality into all the things they're designing and all the technology. And one of the things he says is we have to change our understanding of addiction. That when we think of addiction, we think of heroin addicts and row houses. We think of chain smoking cigarettes. We think of, you know, pill popping. But addiction is produced by environment and circumstance. And Steve Jobs knew this. He kept his iPad from his kids because for all the advantages that made them unlikely substance addicts, he knew they were susceptible to the iPad's charms. I don't know. It's like the head of Wonder Bread not letting his kids eat gluten. It's just, it's weird. (laughs) Well, there's a whole other (laughs) thing about that. But it is true about how much more efficient and easy right like when you talk to tech designers when you if you're at a tech conference what they will all talk about is reducing friction right that Mm -hmm. is everybody's goal and it's funny because i read an article last week about the problem with credit cards and millennials because millennials are collecting credit cards now that that's all about like points on this one points on that one Mm -hmm. and they talk about how much more people spend on credit cards because there's no friction Mm -hmm. and that they think that's going to go up even more with things like apple pay that if you don't even have to take something else out of your wallet and you just are your phone's already in your hand that that disconnect between pain point mm-hmm. oh i i only have 3 dollars left in my wallet i guess i'm not getting that right. and like ding that you see in the right rate of debt has skyrocketed all these things so it's the same thing well that's that's so true because now my son who is of the age where he has a credit card and you know makes his own choices will tell me, you know, when he was here visiting last week, he'll say, oh, we took an Uber from Little Italy back to Penn Station. I'm like, really? Because I take the subway. You know, what (laughs) are you doing? And I think if he had to go in his pocket and see if he had the $12 cash for that Uber, he may take the subway. But because he doesn't even think about it, it just goes on his credit card. It's just done. Yeah, my daughter yesterday... um, she wanted to get a snack after school and thought she had $5 in her wallet and realized she didn't. So she texted me and said, so I had to find the only place that would take Apple Pay on my way home, <laughs> which was Dean and DeLuca. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, yeah. I'm like, how much was your snack? She's like, $7. I'm like, oh my are you? Gosh. I was like, you have to be 
joking me. I was like, that's coming out of your bank account. I did not say you could right. go spend Apple Pay at Dina DeLuca for stuff. Like, I would never walk into Dina DeLuca. For a There's snack. no way. That's so funny because I keep saying that I'm going to put my kids on, on a debit card for their allowance just because I'm so bad at actually giving them the cash. And I haven't done it. It's, well, I, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to do it by the end of this year. It's, it's happening. Um, but so they still deal only in cash. And my son, he watched a neighbor's cat for a couple of weeks while they were out of town and they paid him $100. And he came home with 520s and he said, hey, can you um, can you put this in my bank account? And I said, oh, sure. And I took it and I was like, babe, do you need any money? And I had my husband 60 of it. And I took face like, what are you doing? You know, Jake was like, what do you, what do you that's mine. You're supposed to put it in the bank. And I was like, no, 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 we're not physically putting this money in the bank. We're just going to move $100 (laughs) from our checking account to your savings account. And like, he still, I love that he still thinks of money as money. It's not fungible. Like that $100 was his $100 and it was supposed to go into a bank account. No, that's not how how we work. I'll tell you something really interesting. And this is, we're getting off the subject of this tech thing a little bit, but my grandmother, her, one of her f- stories she tells over and over is that when she first came home with her paycheck, with her like, you know, $6 a week she made selling gloves at the department store, she would spend it all. Like mm-hmm. she would go right away and buy herself a new pair of gloves. And, and her mother said, no, no, no. When you come home, you hand me that $6. I'm going to give you or whatever it was. I'm going <laughs> to give you four back yeah. basically i'm going to take a hundred a dollar twenty i'm going to mm-hmm. take twenty percent and i'm putting that into a bank account for you that you don't have access to mm-hmm. and you can keep the rest and my grandmother was of course horrified you know i'm 16 you can't take my money but she did it and sure enough when my grandmother got married she had all this money in her savings account and was able to buy their bedroom furniture with it. Now, I have a question, and I'm not making a judgment about it. I'm honestly asking the question, and I wonder, I'm sure one of us has seen a study on this. Do you think that doing that made your grandmother a better saver? Yep. Or oh, You do? Okay. Oh, you. I mean, to a fault. Because I wonder, like, if somebody just imposes that on you, does that change your own behavior, or does it create something that you just think is normal, so you just continue with it? Was it was just normal for her, and she That's always cool. did it, and she always took 10% of whatever came in and saved it now so you know so it's interesting when we go back to the tech here because the point of the tech right is to make you addicted Mm -hmm. it's to take away any friction so he was talking about the endless facebook feed you don't even refresh it anymore right it's just constant so i can remember on facebook i remember when i followed so few people that i would every day i would get to the bottom of the feed and then i would hit this is when it was all (laughs) chronological and i would get to the stuff that they had posted that i had already seen and i'd be like okay i'm done with facebook for the day those days are so over those are so over (laughs) right and then he touches a little bit on it here but the big problem people are talking about is also porn and what's interesting is that when people have that addiction, they call it a porn addiction, not a tech addiction. Huh. But if you think about what's enabling the porn addiction, it's the tech. It's the, the ease of access. It's, yes. It's, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to use the word frictionless. Addicted. Yeah, But if people were addicted <laughs> to, say, watching porn on you know VHS, on video, you wouldn't call it a video addiction. But I bet most people you know? didn't sit around watching porn porn after porn after porn on their VCR. You don't think they kind of watched and they were done? (laughs) <laughs> like now it's like there's oh because yeah. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm serious because nothing new popped up like now it's like but anything um, else bum. there's like a next one <laughs> right exactly there's a next one and a next one and a next one and you can go down this rabbit hole it's just like watching videos on YouTube yeah. you might start out 
like if I had to well, put a VHS tape in, right? But if I put a VHS tape in of ET, when it was done, it was done. Yeah. It didn't. A next recommendation didn't pop up, right? Saying like, now watch, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Now You're get like, up. Oh, I do want to watch Go Close to Encounters. Shelf, of the third get kind. Close Encounters of right. the Third Kind. Uh, rewind this because yeah. you had to rewind it. <laughs> be kind. <laughs> to rewind. Be kind and rewind. Plus, don't forget you had to return it, right? Because yeah. or else you had late fees. Um, so all of that's gone now. And our kids are just growing up with it like that. Like, it's not just on demand. It's demand you didn't even know you had. My daughter will, like, proclaim proudly, I just binged seven seasons of whatever. Like, it's almost like a goal now. Like, let's see how much of this I can binge at once. Well, so he talks about that, right? He said... Addictive behaviors have existed for a long time. In recent decades, have become more common, harder to resist, and more mainstream. These new addictions don't involve the ingestion of a substance. They don't directly introduce chemicals into your system, but they produce the same effects because they're compelling and well-designed. Like gambling and exercise, those are old. Others, like binge viewing and smartphone use, are relatively new, but they become progressively more difficult to resist. We've made the problem worse by focusing on the benefits of goal setting without considering its drawbacks. Goal setting was a useful motivational tool in the past, but most of the time humans prefer to spend as little time and energy as possible. We're not intuitively hardworking, virtuous, and healthy. The tides turn. We're so focused on getting more done in less time, we've forgotten to introduce an emergency break. Well, just last week, I recommended Habit Hub, that app that right? I said, <laughs> I said it, for it works with my brain. My brain likes right. seeing the unbroken chain of the things that I've accomplished. Yeah. Huh. This psychologist said, I work, every single person I work with has at least one behavioral addiction, whether it's gambling, shopping, social media, email, so on. Very, and a lot of them are in high-powered professional careers, earning six figures, and are hobbled by addictions. One woman is very beautiful, bright, accomplished. She has two master's degrees. She's a teacher. She's addicted to online shopping. She's managed to accumulate eighty thousand dollars in debt oh and hide gosh. her addiction from when she knows. And I have to tell you, like one of my neighbors, this is her, because I can't tell you how many packages she gets every day. But when you live in a building, everyone sees all the packages that come every day. And I mean, it's like almost a joke in our building that every time one of us walks into the lobby and sees all the packages, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, we know who those are for. I wonder how I would stack up against her packages. Okay, so think about that, too. Think about the fact that when you ran out of toilet paper, you had to go to the store Get the toilet paper. Now you have to carry it home. So what size are you going to get? But like, but that's something that you need. Like toilet no, no, paper, that's is. fine to refill. But, ne- but, but, but you're never going to just buy toilet But you're also right. You're never going to just buy toilet paper. Right. Amazon knows. Now you're searching for toilet paper. You're in a home. If you're searching for an 18-pack of toilet paper, you probably have a family. So now here's all the recommendations that are going to start to come up. Plus, they know your browser history. Plus, they know your shopping yeah. history. And now they know you're a sucker for a kitchen gadget. So you're shopping for toilet paper. Yep. But here comes the new pastry cutter. And oh, look at the new pans. And look at the new cooking spray. Yep. <laughs> and look and at the new Amy cookbook. would have no defense for that. No. Nope. And it's so, so easy. Right. And, and and your credit card's already in there. It's already in there. And Amazon has made it so easy. Like, I used to, I can remember my mother would, like, call up all the Close family members and say, I'm putting in an order on the Betty Crocker catalog. Who wants to go in on it with yes. me? Now it's so easy to just order one thing because I'm not paying shipping and it'll be be to my door in one or two days. Yeah. So I don't even have to like save it up and wait. I remember one time, I think I posted this on Facebook a couple months ago, a package showed up of something that I thought I had only been thinking about buying. Like, I remember putting it on my list and thinking, I think I want this. And then the next day it was there and I was like, am I Amazoning in my sleep, like it's just so you easy. Did. I didn't even remember ordering it. Right, 
Or what's so funny is maybe it was in your cart and someone else ordered something else and it was there and it came. No, also. Nope, no, nobody else really touches Amazon but me. Oh my God. So uh, this you know, is going scary. back to kids for a second, yeah. it, it is scary because, you know, the psychologist that they quote in here, she talks a lot about how um, the kids don't differentiate between, I guess, real life. Yeah. And social media. And social media. The social media addiction and how, is crazy. Right. The social media thing, I mean, that they that they have arguments with their friends. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how words, sentences, things you say can be perceived differently over text messaging or social media because you're not, you know, having that one-on-one conversation. You can't see your friend. You don't know if they're being sarcastic or how they're saying it. And the psychologist here says that most of these kids say that the conversations they describe are done over text or social media. Right, but, but they when say, they tell I talked, the story, right? Right, I talk to them. They consider it a real face-to-face conversation. Hmm. I do it all the time, too. Yeah, I've just tell you, like, I'll be Facebook messaging with someone, and I'll say later, oh, I talked to it, and I was like, I actually did not talk to that person. <laughs> it was Facebook messaging, least, but I'm not going to be like, I was Facebook messaging. At least that's an interaction. Like, I'll know that somebody did something because I scrolled through and liked a thing on their Facebook page and it's it's right. almost like I talk oh yeah we were having a conversation about how you did no wait we weren't having a conversation about how you did this I just happened to see it and it was totally one way <laughs> but in my head it was a conversation well what's interesting is he was saying how they could turn this behavior and it, there are definitely people trying you know back to like the money thing they were saying like if policy experts can encourage people to save more for retirement yeah or donate more to charities and I think we've seen this with political activism, mm-hmm. that people who maybe were never politically active are now, you know, texting and, and everyone's making well, it easier. Well, apps have made easier. it so easy. Right. Yeah. And is that going to actually, but then there's a flip side of people saying that's not real activism. Like we're not, let's see if that actually forces any kind of change because what we know really works is showing up at those town halls. Yeah. And being angry. But the ones that, I mean, the other thing that works are um, phone calls and faxes because they both have to be dealt with in some way. And there are apps that make it very easy to do those. Right. So that's, you know, reducing friction in that way is good. Well, it's interesting. You know, it says the biggest problem is, which we've talked about before, is you can't avoid technology. Yeah. So you can limit your children, particularly when they're younger. And I really, really, really think people should. (laughs) Um, I can't stress it enough how much you just should not plop a iPad in your kid's hand all the time like it should be a break for you it should be a reward it should be something monitored and not just an all day binge um, or whenever they feel like it but you know he said alcoholics can avoid bars what are you supposed to do with your behavioral addiction and we all have it like nobody's above this nobody can pretend that they're not checking their phone all the time and that they don't feel the impulse to do that that it's really hard like I don't take my phone out anymore when I go out to eat with friends I don't even, I just don't even take it out. Like if my kids need to get through to me, they have a different ringtone than everyone else. So like I'll know it's them. But otherwise, I, because I realized I was out with my friends. We'd all have our phone on the table. It was I like everyone's right. instinct everyone. was just their phone they on go, the table. I don't everyone bring my has phone. phone on the table. I, I don't bring my phone when I have a date with my husband. Like there's no reason. He has his phone. The kids can get, right. get him. And he doesn't check his phone like you no. do. He doesn't care. Well, he is different. Like if there's something going on at work, then he's the one who's right. constantly whipping out. Does he still have a Blackberry? I think he might have oh, had, I think they might have gotten <laughs> rid like of the blackberries. But that's that's not like me going, ooh, it's going on on Facebook. It's more like, I hate that I have to check this, but I have to check this. Right. I mean, it is crazy. He said, abstinence isn't an option, but there are other alternatives. Confine addictive experiences to one corner of your life, courting good habits that promote healthy behavior. Once you understand how behavioral addictions work, you can mitigate their harm or harness them for good. Well, I like, which I think is... 
little simplistic, but yeah. <laughs> well, but you can also. I mean, I use a lot of apps that keep me off of my apps. Right. You know, like like there are great things that you can use, like Freedom and um, Off Time, that will will keep you from doing those things. So I you, think that's going to be the most important thing for our kids, right? Like because they're never going to come with that on the iPad. Never, right. Your smartphone's never going to come with the app for shutting off all your stuff because right. they don't want that. They I think that, I think parents have to be, right, parents have to be the app that shuts down. And, you know, I think that's the thing is, again, setting boundaries when they're kids and teaching them to manage it. You know, you can't take it away, as you guys said, because, you know, they're going to get to school and they need to understand how to learn this technology. Technology is a part of the school system now, like it or not. And I feel like maybe also parents need to model that behavior. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't think kids are the problem. I don't. I I think parents are the problem. I think teenagers addicted to social media, like I think that's a new thing. But I see parents just as wrapped up in how many likes they got on Instagram and how Mm -hmm. many people responded to a picture on Facebook. I mean, I see adults like that all the time. Oh, my God. But but. I, nobody is is as bad as the as the kids though. Like I was literally in the middle of a conversation with my daughter yesterday. Like we're talking face to face, and all of a sudden she hears a ding. She looks down on her phone and she goes, "Oh my God, Grace Vanderwall just posted!" And she like really quickly typed something and pressed enter and went, "I was the fifth commenter. Oh my God!" Like there's still something with kids that I don't right. see in adults. Well, I will say, I mean, because they're kids, but yeah, the there, thing, there's that enthusiasm enthusiasm that the adults the thing don't we have. Made my daughters do and I did too um, and I think my husband did too was we shut off all notifications so there is no reason unless you are the president of the United States and that probably doesn't apply to this president that you need real time notifications for Facebook Instagram, Snapchat. There is nothing oh, so no. pressing. Oh, no. no, no. Oh, no. She, knows, she just know. wants to know what her friends are doing. I know, but I had to turn, my daughters oh. turned it off. We it might, turned it off because oh, no. it made them, it was like, it was, it was like a, an animal hearing a bell. they feel like, like they have to check it. They feel like they have to check it, and they had to learn that, guess what, if they checked it two hours later... There were just a bunch of messages waiting. Like, it wasn't that big a deal. It I am, was not something that needed was urgent. I impose that stuff on myself. I don't impose it on my kids. Like, I feel like they have to, like, that's their free time. And if they want to spend it. But it wasn't seeing, free time. She was having a conversation with you and she was interrupted with a uh, notification. I think that's that has more to do with rudeness. Like, she's got to learn. Not, like, I would rather have the notification on and teach her, hey, you're having a face-to-face conversation with somebody. You need to learn to ignore that rather than say, you know what, we're just going to turn the, but turn that's the notification his case, off. Is that if, if your daughter were an alcoholic, would you keep would you keep a bottle of vodka in the freezer and say you have to learn not to drink that? Other people in the house want the vodka. You would not. You would be like this house is freaking alcohol free. My husband and I have this argument all the time because he wants to have no snack food and chocolate in the house. And I'm like that does not work for the other three members of the family. And he's like, well, if it's here, I'm going to eat it. And I'm I like, well, I, that's that's your problem. I did take all that stuff out of our house. I mean, I would say, I would say that I felt like I was sabotaging my husband because he can't control it. And you are so much nicer to your husband than I am. But I want him to live. Like, I, don't want, <laughs> I mean, no, but for real. Like, at a certain point, you know, if and it was better for everybody. It was better for everybody. And if we want ice cream, we'll go out for ice cream. 
Um, but if the ice cream's in the freezer and the potato chips are in the pantry, and that then everyone's mindlessly walking over there. And I like totally I know agree. I can't buy oh, Oreos. We got rid of, I I got got rid of all the Trader Joe yep. cookies. Yep. Replaced it with a big thing of cut up cantaloupe. Yep. So now when we watch TV at night, it's the cantaloupe and the pineapple and not the cookies. So why can't you do the same with technology? You know. Right. Why can't you say, here's the time where you can have technology and, you know, late at night, this is not a good time and set set those rules and use technology to set the rules. It's hard, man. It's hard because I know. He, that's kind of the point of this article is we have to look at addiction in a much broader way. And it's hard to tell someone they just need willpower. I don't know. I to me, willpower just doesn't work. There are some people who like could care less about chocolate, and they you could call that willpower. But I don't call that willpower. They don't care about it, so they don't eat it. Like it, willpower is about denying yourself the things that really tempt you. And I don't think it's fair. I think it's like a, it becomes a judgment call because then you feel like a failure because you didn't have willpower. Instead of so, I wonder what behavior. happens with Evan Williams and Nick Bilton and all these people when their kids grow up and become teenagers. You know, like I would really like to hear, you know, forget the two young sons because it's really easy to control that. It's so easy. I'd like to hear what happens when they become preteens and teens and all their friends are doing this. And like and social and, media is so important to them. Yeah. And you've basically taken away their culture. Like you've right. taken away such a but common thing. you don't have thing. to take it away. There's a difference between saying you can't ever be on it to don't have notifications on so that you can actually focus on other things and learn how to prioritize that. Because what's happening, right, when you're when you have something else dinging you all the time, if you had something all if someone baked fresh fresh cookies in your house all the time, there was just the smell of fresh cookies wafting through, you'd be like, I'm gonna go eat a cookie. Like all the time. So rather than saying the cookies are done, here's some cookies, come and eat a cookie. Like if you had fresh cookies every hour, you'd probably keep going over there and eating your cookies. I think there's a difference between saying, go on social media when you're done with your homework and check it. I don't care if you sit on it for the next two hours looking at what your friends are doing on Snapchat. Just don't have it controlling you where it's sending you the signal that now it's time to check it. Because then you you don't have control. If you're responding continually to a ding or a vibration, your social media is using you like you're not using it you're just on there now i want a cookie <laughs> <laughs> and i was gonna say no i'm hungry i know we'll see <laughs> see all right so i don't know we should i really we'll read the book irresistible well, because it sounds like one of those books i'm gonna read and be horrified and then you're I like think we oh, should well. read it and i think actually we should get the author on and see you know see if he's got any ideas for what to do. Yeah, well, especially I, I, older kids. I think he says one thing that really points to what you should do. I think it, it's not just a problem with adults. It's a problem with the companies because he says technology is not morally good or bad until it's wielded by the corporations that fashion it for mass consumption. Apps and platforms can be designed to promote rich social connections or like cigarettes, they can be designed to addict. So I think just looking at it and saying, you know, why is this thing scrolling endlessly? Why is this thing? You can turn off the thing on Netflix that goes right to the next video, which I, I actually do because then you get to hear all of the music at the right. end, which you don't if it just goes to the next one. You do have some control over these things. I don't like the idea of just turning everything off and getting rid of everything and, and banning it. And I, I would rather look at it and say, OK, why is it asking me to do this? And how can I change that while still enjoying the thing? Right. It's funny because I actually, this is how much I binge watch. I want the reverse. I want 
Netflix to stop playing the theme song every time the next episode plays because <laughs> I don't because when you binge watch it's so annoying to have to hear the theme song over and over and over. I'm like isn't there like a binge watch feature where I can just say like I'm binging just play the damn right. next thing like, without the theme song go one minute ahead or oh something. my god like when we watched so many Gilmore Girls I was like I I I can't even hear that again uh, <laughs> I cannot hear that song again yeah they didn't think of that when they, I wonder right I wonder if shows that you know I want to go look at shows that are released all at once and see if they have moderated the beginning of the show so that you aren't seeing hearing the same thing over and over. They definitely, I think a lot of them just don't have that open. Yeah. Like shows that are made to binge don't have really long, drawn out opening sequences. Interesting. But most of the time you're binging things that were on network TV right. that are now... I know. I'll have to look at like House of Cards and things right. made directly for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think I watch anything that's released all at once. Oh, I just, that's actually my bite of the week. All right, so we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> what, a show that I, you should watch Uh-oh. all at once. I wonder uh-huh. if we have the same bite. Oh, no. Is yours a watching or a listening? Watching. Okay, mine's a listening. Okay. Um, all right, Yoop. with that, um, we will be right back with our bites of the week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with our Bites of the Week. And Amy, what you got? Okay, so... um did you guys watch Serial? Watch Serial. Did you guys listen to Serial? Only the first season. I thought the second season was unlistenable. Like I listened to the first episode and that was it for me for the second one. Andrea, were you a Serial person? Not me. No. I, I mean, I highly recommend the first season. It was it's great. The so second season. I can't. We can't figure out why we didn't get past the second episode of the it second wasn't season. Good. I didn't care about him. Yeah, th- I think that's it. Like I already knew so much yeah. about what was his name? Bo Bergdahl. Bo Bergdahl. Bo Bergdahl. Like I already knew so much about it. I really didn't want to hear it rehashed, and I'd no. already I'd already formed my opinion. The me great too. thing about the first season was that I, I'd never heard of this case. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I knew nothing about it. Um, but they have come. The people behind that have come out with a six episode series that they dropped all at once and I'm on episode five and it's amazing it's called S-Town or it's actually called Shit Town um, but they call it S-Town on on the apps and it starts out as a murder mystery and it goes in directions that you cannot even guess like, I'm so excited I downloaded all of it for my trip uh, <laughs> you are going to love it like when, when I was first listening to it I couldn't understand like when I was on episode one and people online were saying oh my god I just got done with it and I'm sobbing and or whatever they were saying like really because I'm on episode one and it does not seem like that kind all of show right. and then you get farther and farther into it and you're like wow so yeah you'll Ooh, enjoy that cool I'm excited all right Andrea all right mine is not a tech gadget if you can believe it. <laughs> you might lose your cred. So, I know. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll have plenty more. But I saw this story, you know, this goes back to parents again, right? Why, like, why do parents and grown-ups have to ruin everything? So it's a story, actually, the Mashable story on it is titled, Badass Two-Year-Old Defends Her Choice of Dr. Doll After oh, Sales. Oh, yeah. And it's, it was shared so many times. So it's the story of this, I guess she must be two years old, um... This little girl who went to the store with her mom because in South Carolina because she was getting a treat for being potty trained, um, which yay for two years old. Yeah, by the no way. kidding. <laughs> two years old, and she was able to go and choose any toy that she wanted, and she got up to the counter with this doll, and it is a black doll dressed in a doctor's outfit, 
And the salesperson said to her, well, first the salesperson asked her, are you going to a birthday party? And the girl was like, huh? You know, and kind of looked at her. And then the salesperson said, are you buying this for a friend? And the mother explained, no, this is her treat for being potty trained. And the salesperson actually said, are you sure this is the doll you want, honey? Right. She said, don't you want one that looks like you? And then she went on to say, don't you want one that looks more like you? And this little two-year-old apparently said, yes, she does. She's a doctor like I'm a doctor and (laughs) I'm a girl and she's a pretty girl. See her pretty hair? And to the little girl, there was nothing about the color of the doll's skin. They were alike in the sense that this girl wanted to be a doctor and the doll was a doctor. So I just, so the mom posted it on Instagram and, you know, said, obviously, skin comes in different colors, just like hair and eyes. And adults just mess all this up. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have a link to the Mashable article that has the Instagram picture. And I just, for me, it was just so, you know, we talk about STEM all the time and girls in tech and letting girls choose what they want to be and believing in themselves and diversity. And just to have an adult kind of put the brakes on that is just it's awful we need to change it sounds like an episode of that john quinones show what is that called yeah, what, what, what would you do what would you do oh, yeah God. They, <laughs> they had one where a girl was arguing with her mother about buying a doll that was african-american and the girl was white and then they they saw they what, people what people would do and say yeah 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 i hated this okay back to gadgets next week <laughs> Yeah, really. Jeez, Andrea. Like, you went from gadgets to, like, some... Outrage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I have have two. Um, The first one is a new Netflix show called 13 Reasons Why, which is based on the YA novel of the same name. Fiona has binged it. (laughs) Um, So we're only on episode, we're up to episode three, because we we have not been able to binge it. Like, even my daughters are, like, who know exactly what's going to happen and every single thing about the story, because they read the book, are, like... They couldn't take more than one episode at a time. I think they're, like, too tired. Um, so it's so good. Um, it's, like, murder mystery, except it was a suicide. Like, the, the narrator killed herself, and she's the voiceover and narrating the whole thing. But she leaves behind 13 cassette tapes, um, or I guess maybe it's seven tapes with two sides. I don't know. I can't really figure <laughs> out, um, which I thought is hilarious in and of itself because each character, so the tapes get passed on to the character she says, like the next person who needs to listen to it to understand what really happened. And so first, every single one of these characters has to like find a cassette player. That was the first thing that I was like, that's bizarre. Yeah. Why did she leave cassette tapes? I was like, the girls, do we ever learn how she was able to make these tapes? Like, But... It obviously, as everything that is retro, as we talked about technology today, it has much more tangible feel to like stick the tape in the thing Mm -hmm. and listen to her and whatever. And one of them actually finds an old Walkman to use, which is (laughs) hilarious. But it's really, really good. So I highly recommend that. My second thing is that Passover is coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, So for those of you who celebrate Passover um, and maybe for those who don't, I we've been having um, brisket debates online because people have been asking for the best brisket recipe. And my pet peeve, I'm sorry if either of you do this, and I don't even know if you've ever made brisket, Amy, but I have not. <laughs> do not make brisket with Lipton onion soup mix. Please don't make oh. brisket with Lipton onion soup mix. <laughs> it's so salty and gross and yucky. 
Um, and it is something that people have done forever because it was like a shortcut in the 60s, you know, when like Lipton, when they came out and they like introduced the recipes. That's you how can I make. used to make meatloaf. I, I used to put onion soup mix in my meatloaf. I use it just to make dip. Right. So people do it for brisket all the time. So I'm going to tell you that the best brisket recipe in the whole wide world is Joan Nathan's, which first of all, Jewish cooking in America, if you're interested in Jewish cooking or you're Jewish, you should own this book because it's the best book ever. Um, all of her books are great. But this one is... She doesn't just put recipes. She tells the history of everything behind it. Um, and so she's got amazing recipes, and they're all different kinds of recipes. They're Ashkenazi. They're Sephardi. They're just great. So the best brisket is the one she has in her book called Texas Barbecue Brisket as Served to Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> and it's the brisket, the one he attended this Passover, um, I think actually when he was governor in Texas. Um, and it's the brisket that was served to him, and it is so good. It's the best brisket it uses beer. <laughs> it's so good. So maybe for some people it's not kosher for Passover. I'm sure you can find some kosher for Passover beer somewhere. What is brisket? Is that the cut of meat or it's is the that cut the of dish? Meat. Okay. The brisket is the cut of meat, but it's also the dish. So it's basically pot roast. That's yeah, I was just going to say is. it's pot roast, but it's not like I, I cook it's mine fattier. in the oven. Not oh, the yeah, pot. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you so this you start on top in the, of the oven, then you put in the oven because um, you sear it and everything. So I do it in a big cast iron Dutch oven. It's so good. It's so freaking easy because like everything, you just make it like any pot roast. You make it in the pot and you shove it in your oven for however long and then it's eventually it's done. It's actually really good if you make it the day before because then you skim the fat off the top. Uh, and then you, so you and I clearly almost do the same exact thing because I do that. I they make it and then all the fat rises to yep. the top. And then you skim off all the fat and then you heat it up again. Right. So she, Oh, and then it's easier to slice yes. when it's cold. You slice it cold and then you reheat yeah. it in the sauce. Yeah. So good. So I'm missing Passover this year because we're gonna be in Japan. <laughs> so not you're not make, gonna have brisket I'm in not Tokyo. Brisket. I'm totally gonna. They actually have a Passover at the Chabad in Tokyo, <laughs> and I was like, no, we're not wasting a night of in Japan eating bad Jewish food. <laughs> um, so, but I'm totally gonna make it when we get back because I feel bad that like we're not doing anything. But anyway, check that out. You can actually find it online. But buy the cookbook. It's so good. Jewish cooking in America by Joan Nathan. And she has a new cookbook that's supposed to be amazing, but I haven't seen it yet. Anyway, those are our bites for the week. That is our show this week. We will have links to everything we talked about on the show today. And tell us how you manage tech in your house. If you manage tech in your yeah. house, how you manage tech or, on your or own. Or don't. And if you're actually addicted. Um, and, and if you're cooking brisket. Yeah, seriously, if you're cooking brisket, what you're making. And, oh, actually, maybe we'll put a link to my friend Jennifer's matzo balls, Jennifer Perillo, oh, who's yeah. very Italian, who makes the best matzo balls. Um and we will have everything on facebook.com slash parenting bites and on parentingbites.com. You find us on Twitter, hashtag parenting bites, on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, share, and on play.it where you can find parenting bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week, happy parenting. Have Bye. a good one. Bye, Andrea. Bye, Andrea. Bye, Andrea.